0: Well, hello, all of our lovely true crime listeners. Hi. How are you doing? Fant- oh, you weren't asking me. I Sorry. Was, no. I mean, I don't want you to go into a whole nother reprisal of all your life issues. I love you too. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I, love think- too. I love you I you I was trying to think of something really stupid to be like, you know, like what color socks you need to wear today, but then I couldn't think of anything because I was just staring at you watching that one hair blow in the wind. And What? Like, Why are we talking about socks? I wasn't. That was the point. I was trying to be like stupid. Ugh. Like those were your life issues, your big life issues. So, Oh, yes, yes. Actually, dude, you want to hear something funny? I always want to hear something I, funny.
1: I had a what would you do moment. Okay. What would I do? It just in, in general, what would anyone do? Oh, right? it should be what would I like, do. So you know how we always talk about it in our true crime podcast, like people that just check in on people when something isn't, is weird, right? Yeah. All right. So I have a friend from work who has gone to Cancun for the week all over Facebook yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. It was four people murdered. In oh, a, snap. In a Cancun hotel, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Immediately texted
0: my friend. To see and I'm like, them.
1: Hey. didn't hear from her the entire day. So you
0: knew she was dead until dish. She was in body bag. Yeah,
1: that's how it felt. And then she finally texted me that night. And she was like, hey, everything's good. Is everything okay with you? And I just, in all like caps, And smiley faces. I was like, you're not dead! (laughs) You're alive! Yep, and she's just question marks all across the page. Don't worry about it.
0: I don't want to ruin the rest of your vacation now that I know you're not deceased. See you when you get back. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to tell you. Tonight is a special episode. Uh Uh-oh. I have thought really long about... What this needed to be. I've changed my story a hundred times. It had to be absolutely perfect. And do you know, Lisa, why it had to be absolutely perfect? Because you're anal retentive. That's true. And I'm a control freak. But And you're OCD. Or CDO, because
1: things need to be in alphabetical order. Happy one year anniversary to
0: our podcast!
1: Are you kidding me? Then you got the kids out here. The
0: day the episode airs, it'll be one year on the air for Twisted Tales. All
1: right, Okay, what do you have to say
0: about Twisted Tales? I have no clue what it is. They're okay. not allowed to listen. We're no, not look- that bad parents.
1: Uh, it it looks really fun. I like it. It looks really fun. They're they just love- excited they get cupcakes. It sounds really fun. <laughs> the kids that tried to e- try to eavesdrop every time we tell a story. Carry this with two hands. You can go put it on the kitchen table. Oh my God,
0: Faith, that was killer, dude! I didn't even know. I I meant to record that whole thing, and I forgot. I was so excited, and I'm giving Caleb eyes over there because that's why we went outside. Oh, and I forgot. Well
1: done.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're a genius. Yep. All right. Okay. That was hilarious. Sorry, I realized it was our one year anniversary, and I knew. Lisa Lisa would not know because she doesn't keep track of all the the you know no Facebook is the only reason I know people's birthday and we didn't stop that we didn't start our Facebook group till like halfway Halfway through through, so I'm like there's no way she knows and I've been planning this and then she had a huge conversation starter and I was like shut up I want to anyway so we're done it was a long long intro but you know hey you guys have listened to much longer banter about much less so if you yeah, listen to the show. You care that we've been on here for, for a us, year. It's exciting for us. All right, just celebrate with us. Yep. So, in saying that, I have literally gone through a hundred stories. I have started physically typing out multiple stories because this story has to be special. It's one year. Um, and not the, ca- the cockamamie stuff that I come up with. Oh, you know, I've got some cockamamie weird stuff, but. This story I heard forever ago before we even started a podcast. Okay, and I had it on my TBD list. Right, and so after going through all these other stories that I've heard about recently or looked at, I said, like, "Well, I'm gonna go through my list." And I saw this one, and I was like, "You know what? That's it." And then as I'm typing it out and listening to details and watching interviews, I'm like, "Oh, that's it." So, yeah. without further ado, let's get in. Let's it. go. So, um, and I'm going to give you some, some really good, like, there's a lot of, on this story, I mean, it, it's semi-well-known, um, but, you know, so there is a really good, I think it was a TV show, or a news article, at least, that CBS did, and, uh, sorry, I think it was originally an article on this story, okay. and I read the article, and I get a lot of the direct quotes that I'm going to tell you from this article, But I think they actually did, like, a little, little like, special on CBS, too. Oh, okay. But the CBS article, and I'll link everything into our bios, is called Crystal's Courage. And so, at the beginning of every show, after we're done with the random bambling. Bambling? That's not a word. No,
1: it is now. Let's go. It is.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, we always try to do something to kickstart the episode. Like, ask a question. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, I you try just, to you You just off. drone
1: on for pages and pages of text.
0: Like I'm doing. Gotcha. Um, but I always try to, like, leave a little twist or something in the yeah, story. Yeah, something right. that's going to
1: piss me off immediately. Yeah. So
0: this time I decided to look up a definition. And me looking up a definition to a word is not that uncommon because, as you all know, we're not that smart, Lisa and I. Words are difficult. Life is difficult. Indeed. Um, but even though your girl struggles, this is a word that everyone knows the definition to, right? <laughs> so I decided to look up, the, and I literally Googled definition of courage. Definition of courage. Definition of courage. Okay. Because the article that I got a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the quotes is called Crystal's Courage. So I want to Google it. And the very first definition and description so fits what I'm about to tell you. It's unreal. And maybe it's because of all the Googling I did on this topic. Maybe it's because of that and, you know, AI smart, but I have a screenshot to prove this. I'll link that too in all of our socials. But it says courage. The definition is the ability to do something that frightens one. And the example is she called on all her courage to face the ordeal. Oh. So without further ado on our one year anniversary, this all felt very serendipitous to me and nailed it in that I'm on the right path.
1: Right.
0: I need to pause this because you're about to yell at a dog, huh? Well, let's get into it. So we are going to t- start December 1999. The Surlys family were- I the- want so bad to say that's recent.
1: I know, don't you? Don't you? But then I'm like, God almighty. That it's was, not. That's been a minute.
0: It's a, it's a whole drinking person. <laughs> so, a whole we'll drinking Yeah. So, uh, December 1999, the Surleys family are in the process of moving from Kansas to Texas. And since this is like the end of a school term in December, we know, um, the parents made the decision to send their two daughters, Crystal and Marquis, ahead of them, or ahead, the mom decided to, the dad was never really mentioned, and I didn't do a lot of research on him because I was too excited about other things, so live with it. The mom decided to send her two daughters, Crystal Marquis, ahead to Texas to live and finish out school with family friends. Um, so they moved to Del Rio, Texas. And honestly, let's be honest, while it lets the kids stay current in school, if you've ever moved, especially with a child, your life is easier without them there. You got a box, you got a sign, you got to move, you got to move boxes and Having small children around, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's complicated. Right. So the two girls go to stay with the Harris family. Okay. And this isn't like, you know, this isn't like a we knew each other once. This is like the honorary aunt and uncle type of situation. Like, we know these people. They are longtime family friends. So the two girls move into the house for a few weeks. Crystal is 10 years old at the time. And her sister Marquee's seven, and i may maybe mispronouncing her name. It's M-A-R-Q-U-E. Marquis. That's what I'm assuming. That sounds about right. So she's seven, and they fit right in with the four Harris children, Sean, Justin, Lori, and Katie. The Harris's house was in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Like, there's not a lot of neighbors. The neighbors that are there are not close at all. And it's a desert. But not like a regular desert like a texas desert so just so you get a feel for this area area del rio is a small settlement right south of the rio grande which is present-day mexico right and it's literally on the end of texas border um and so again it literally is desert it's hot there's no one around in the middle of nowhere so crystal is already really good friends with the harris's oldest daughter who's 13 year old katie And so, for them, this is, I am channeling my inner 13-year-old self. I get to go live with my best friend. We're good. It's an endless sleepover party. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's 1999. Blockbuster is still a thing. Heck yeah, dude. AOL is on discs where you go... That was good. I know, wasn't it? This is what got me so hyped this morning, reminiscing on 1999, and I got... Although I got way over, we all had to get have. We had a lot of anxiety also in '99. Why? That Y2K. Well, shit. Yeah, Y2K. But there's no Facebook and all this other stuff to divert. Like kids were kids then, and so was this, it. MySpace was a thing then. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't either.
1: I've slept since then.
0: I was barely in high school. I wasn't even in high school when this happened. So I was fixing to be in high school.
1: In '99.
0: Yeah, because I graduated in '03. Oh, so that's right. yeah okay yeah, yeah 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 so anyway they're having legit the best of times they're sharing a they're sharing katie's bedroom they've got bunk beds katie's on the bottom crystal's on top. they're it's a party so december 31st the two girls stay up late it's new year's they're laughing and then talking and they're more than likely trying to stay up to the new year's but they're 10 and 13 so on the one hand i want to say they probably couldn't make it but on the other hand I'm the one that could <clears throat> can't make it that late at this point, and they Me probably either. have the energy, so whatever. But they're more than likely, just to set the scene, they're in the bunk beds. Again, Katie is on the bottom, 13. Crystal's on the top, 10. And they're doing that thing, I have to, in my mind's eye, they're doing that thing that girls do at sleepovers. At least I know for a fact I used to do. Where you're talking, 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 and then one says something, and there's a little bit of a pause, and the other says something, and there's pause. And the pauses get longer and longer until one just doesn't answer and the other one either doesn't know because they passed out in the pause too or they pass out shortly after they realize their friend's asleep. So serious feels hyped me up all day thinking about this time in my life. You're crazy. Apparently. All of a sudden, Crystal is woken up because she hears a scream. Okay. She was in a dead sleep. So, she's not really sure. Did she hear a scream? Was it a dream? So, she doesn't, like, jump out of bed. She doesn't raise up. This little girl literally just kind of peers over the side of the top of the bunk bed. And she sees a man standing in the bedroom. Kidding me. So, she saw this man at the bottom of the bunk beds. I pressed way too down but he has this is and this is from her account she sees this man in the dark bedroom and he's got curly dark hair um I've lost my spot I will have to edit this out that's all good because I hit the down and then I have to go back up there we go found it so all of the sudden all right. so (laughs) sorry I lost my spot again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <clears throat> sorry she saw this man at the bottom of the bunk bed he had curly dark hair a long bushy dark beard and while it was dark in the room crystal described him as having dark eyes and just being overall scary which understatement of the fracking year you're 10 years old and you wake up and there's a strange man well
1: not even that you you weren't just awoken by a strange man. You were awake, You were
0: awoken by screaming. A scream. So, yeah. again, she's just peering over the edge of the bed, and this is what she sees. All of a sudden, the man grabs Katie, pulls her off the bed, and in front of him in a kneeling position. Right in front of him. And Crystal's watching. She doesn't know what's going to happen. She's 10, and he slits her throat.
1: What? I I feel like I know this story.
0: You might. So, little Crystal is watching from the top of the bed, frozen in fear. Probably, maybe not intentionally, but staying as small and still as she can. And just mere feet away from her, she just watched her best friend get killed by... Her throat being cut open by a scary man. Right. Katie falls to the ground while Crystal watches... And says the man starts to walk out of the room, not noticing this small, scared little figure on the top bunk frozen watching him. He' probably been what stalking them or something? Well, that's here's my personal theory, and it says my personal theory, and it's only my theory. If there's a bunk bed, nine out of ten times, that means their siblings sharing a room. So there's nine out of ten times going to be someone on that top bunk, right. So, why would he not check the top bunk for another victim? He literally, she like said he just turned and walked out. Yeah. So, it has to be somebody that knows the family, knows who room, and knows whose room that is type of deal. Yeah. And that is just because it was a huge oversight. I feel like this is like in the how to be a murdering scumbag for dummies book, the very top thing. In a chapter that's you know choosing random family to go a murdering chapter, yeah. it's check the top bunk, right? So you have to know there's no one up there if you're not going to look. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the man goes to walk out of the room. He takes a look around the room, and as he's he's literally walking out the door, turns back and locks eyes with Crystal. No way. So, he walks back into the room, and Crystal is scooting back in the bunk bed, like, to get back against the wall. That's her only recourse. Right. And she's scooting all the way back in the back of the bunk bed, and he reaches up over, takes the knife, and slits her throat. Leaving little Crystal to bleed out in the bed while Katie continues to bleed out on the floor. The man turns off the little light he'd turned on, walks out of the room, and softly closes the door behind him. After the door closes, Crystal lies in the top bunk while her neck is legitimately cut, bleeding, and finds the courage to start slowly crawling back to the edge of the bed, quietly crawl to the bottom bunk, and then literally crawl along the floor to her friend Katie's body. No way. And she said, and this is Crystal's words, that Katie was gaggling and making a gurgling sound. Because she's still alive. Her throat is just cut. And she said that she started. And imagine. This is a 10-year-old little girl. Whose throat is cut. Sits there beside her friend. And starts rubbing her back. And goes to tell her. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But as she goes to say that. No sound will leave her mouth. Because what she doesn't know. Medically is he severed her vocal cords. Mm. So Crystal sits there rubbing Katie's back in an attempt to soothe her friend and continues to do so until Katie no longer made sounds. Oh my God. At this point, Katie's body lay there on the, flo- on the floor with no life left inside. And Crystal said, and she will say it to this day in interviews, it was like she could hear Katie audibly, like her spirit stayed there with her And her friend told her, go, get out of here. Go, run, get up. You got to go. And so she did. So she, it's pitch black outside the house, middle of the night. It's also pitch black inside the house because it's the middle of the night. Yeah. Crystal has no idea if this man is still in the house, if he is where he'd be. She has no idea if she and Katie are the only ones that have been victims to the cruel abuse of this man or are the rest of the Harris family all dead also what about her little sister oh, no. where's she is she peacefully sleeping or has she also been taken like her friend just was bottom line she doesn't know she has no nothing and that has to be even for me as a as a, the I was say, just gonna mid-30s. say that's such
1: like an adult emotion too like kids by nature are fearful and kids by nature always want to go for help. That's what right? I'm saying. And they're, so... e- they're either going to run for help or cower. And it, again, that's like people talk about fight or flight. Like, that's it. Yeah. And sh- But she just watched the
0: worst of humanity yeah. happen. Yeah. How do you... should have been terrified. Oh, God. I can't imagine. So, um, every moment that passes, she's legitimately getting closer to joining Katie. If she chooses to stay she will more than likely die like just you and i talking she can't have these thoughts right or she can listen to her friend who she to this day swears is in the room telling her go run go Yeah. and attempt to flee so crystal slowly starts to move the to the bedroom door here. yep slowly starts to move to the bedroom door then starts to crawl down the hallway all the while leaving a path of her blood behind her. It is a, it looks like, I mean, it is a true like murder scene, what you think of. So it's, it's pouring from her neck, blood's pouring from her neck. It's staining the carpet. She finally makes it to the front door. She opens the front door, climbs herself up to a standing position and looks out and she can see a small light in the distance. And that small light was the closest neighbor, which was a quarter of a mile away. But no for, phones. It's 1990. There's no like who's she, she gonna have been call? A landline. 911. She's 10. Her she's got yeah. her friend saying run, guys. guys. You don't know where he's at in that house. That's true. All right, never mind. I was gonna say train him up, but you're right. Um. So she's, she's making a
1: steady escape.
0: So she's le- she's legitimately looking at this teeny tiny little light, and for a 10 year old who just watched my I just watched my friend be murdered. You're bleeding to death. I'm bleeding to death. It is dark. We're in the middle of nowhere, Texas desert. There's no street lights. There's one light a quarter of a mile. It might as well have been the moon and back. I'd be terrified. There's right. no way, even today, I'd make that trek. Like, nah. Yeah. Nah. So, um, looking at that light, Crystal said she hears Katie's voice once again urging her go, run to the light. Go, 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 go. So Crystal starts staggering to that light, walking as fast as her body will allow her to. Her and throat. they're so
1: young, they don't know to wrap something around it, nope. try to stop the bleeding. She's still none bleeding. Of it, none of it.
0: Her throat's still cut. Um, Medically speaking, in case you're thinking, well, how's her throat cut? And she's still like, and he severed the vocal. So medically speaking, there was no artery hit. Yeah. But her trachea was severed in half and her vocal cords were as well. He, it was a deep cut. Yeah. So, finally, after what I have to assume seemed like an eternity, Crystal reaches the house and just starts banging on the door. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. These people are asleep. So, the man is yelling, who is it? What's going on? She can't say anything. And that's what she said. I can't make any noise. So, I just keep banging as hard as I could. And so... The guy runs to the door, throws it open, and finds this little tiny 10-year-old, barefoot, oh cutthroat, blood all over her. Like, that's, it is a, children of the corn, I'm sure, I literally somewhere. could not have imagined getting up in the middle
1: of the night and being like, like, you open the door to that. That's. Like, bro.
0: And there's I'm, no I'm sure, around.
1: Like, here's the deal. Instinct takes over at that point. Yeah. Right? He's not thinking what's going on. He's like, uh, stop the blood, right?
0: I don't even I know that. I hope so. Right? I think my first thought would be is I've got a family in bed behind me. What the heck? Yeah.
1: Well, no, I, I just snatch the kid, bring him inside lock yeah.
0: the door, grab my gun. It's exactly. He yeah. snatches the kid, brings her inside, calls 911 right away. Crystal is sitting there, finally safe. I would think you fall into shock at that very moment. Like, you're mm-hmm. just relieved. You're sobbing. This little girl starts looking around, finds a pen and paper, and starts writing. She writes three things. And I've got a screenshot of these three You're things. I'm, I'm telling you, this story is going to get to me multiple times. The Harrises are hurt. My neck needs help. Will I live? Those are her. Th- the first thing, the Harrises are hurt. Yeah. Not me, the Harrises. So first responders show up and take Crystal to the local hospital, but realize very quickly her injuries are ex- way They're too bad. extensive for yeah. that hospital to be able to handle. So they need to life flight her to San Antonio. So I want you to imagine this for me. You're asleep. You have been boxing crap up all day. You're exhausted. Your phone, it is, it is New Year's Eve night, Y2K. Your phone starts ringing at 3 a.m., and you wake up, and it's a landline. I don't really remember if Colorado is a thing or not, but I, it's probably some punk kid making prank calls in your area. Yeah, like, and you answer the phone, and there's a voice on the other said, we need your permission to life flight your daughter, Katie, to San Antonio. No. Her throat has been cut. Do you give your permission? That's what you hear. It, it would have been an immediate yes, and then
1: I need to find a flight to San Antonio.
0: Well, not only that, you're in Kansas. This is all in Texas. They didn't say anything about her other, her seven-year-old daughter. They didn't know anything about her seven-year-old daughter. Wow. So, 78,840 miles away. Your first baby's being airlifted. And all you know is she's been attacked and her throat's been cut open. Like, as a mom. I'd have lost my shit. And you don't know if the other one's even alive, like. What? So Pam does exactly what you said. Finishes that call. What? What? Of course. Consent. Fly her. Fix her. Yes.
1: Do what you have to. Keep her
0: alive. And immediately finds a flight. Which, my, again. My got to get there now. I yeah. need to figure out what's happening. And she's got to get a flight. But this is 1990s. You yes. can't just look up your Delta app and get a flight. Right. She gets there, and as she is trying to rush as quickly as she can to get to Texas where her babies are, hospital staff are rushing to get Katie into surgery to try to keep this little girl alive.
1: It's amazing at this point that she still is.
0: It honestly. Miracle. miracle. So, we're going to jump a little bit in the story. That's cool. Crystal makes it through surgery. She um, Surgery's wow. over. She wakes up and she's conscious, finally. And she's laying in the ICU. And she looks at her mom. And a lot of a lot of the sources say she says it. I want to feel, and some say she writes it. I want to say she writes it at this point because her vocal cords obviously haven't had time to heal. Right. But she says, call the police. I want to tell them what this man looks like so they can get him. They've got to get him. First words out of this little 10-year-old's nice. mouth. First freaking words. Nice. Damn,
1: dude. Like,
0: her mom has a ten-year-old little warrior princess. I like, was just
1: gonna say, like, how mom, in the world?
0: <laughs> how do you
1: even function, like, dude? Not, you, I'm you, in pain. You're ten years old, and you have balls of steel. Oh yeah, where this I'm is, all like,
0: oh, man. oh yeah, this is I have
1: COVID. Bad level, yeah, this life. is bad.
0: So uh, the mom literally has to look at her ten-year-old little warrior princess and say, we have to wait until the police get here. Or the detectives or whoever. So just calm down. You'll, you'll get to see someone and tell. like yeah. the mom's having to basically put her off. Like we can't talk about this right now. So the police get there and get a sketch artist to come meet with Crystal who gives a shockingly detailed description of the man. Like I say shockingly because number one, she's 10. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. Mainly eyewitness descriptions are crap. Yeah. I've seen some sketches that come from adult details. And it, it doesn't even look like a real person. but
1: yeah, I, I saw a meme once. Uh, it was the, uh, the Night Stalker. Yeah. His, his thing. And then it's like, gee, I wonder why he was never caught. Like, yeah.
0: I've got a side-by-side of this little girl's sketch and a picture of him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I almost wonder if it's because she is 10. Yes. So she's got a child's mind. It's not business-driven. It's not spreadsheets and schedules. She's creative and childlike, obviously. Well, and, and again, here's the deal. And that's you're talking mind. about emotion, mm-hmm.
1: okay, she sat there frozen and focused. Yeah. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. She stared at this man for however long she stared at this man. Uh, for a then year he in her mind, I'm sure. She approached her with a light.
0: Mm-hmm. She looked him in the eye. Oh, without blinking. Yeah. So the police used this sketch to compile a list of suspects and bring back a photo lineup pretty quickly for little Crystal to look through. And as she goes through the photos, one of the Texas Rangers there is watching her flip through photos. Was it Walker? I wish it was. If it was Walker, this man never would have been on the loose. I know. Well,
1: he would at least have gotten a hit to the face. I
0: Walker, Texas Rangers, <laughs> and own all seasons on DVD. He's okay. The all right. We need to stop now. We're gonna lose lose people. Oh, oh we're going to lose me No, everyone loves Chuck Norris. Everyone. That is one thing American can unite on. Chuck Norris is the ultimate. I President is 2024. So, the Texas Rangers watching her as she flips through one by one, carefully looking at each photo. And she's flipping and all of a sudden she stops at a photo, looking at it for like a split second and turns the page back to the previous one she just passed. Points to the man. That's him. And she identifies Tommy Lynn Sells as literal the monster of her nightmares. Now, this man is one that the police, they know him. No question. He's known among this department. He's been brought to this precinct previously because of an accusation brought against him for sexual assault. So they got his whole file. So the police know exactly where Tommy lives. They go to that address. And when the police arrive at the house, there's no shootout. There's no crazy. Tommy opens the door. And what do you think the first thing he says to these officers is? I'm guilty. Usually. It's that. Usually it's, I didn't do it. I don't know. She's lying. Something. He opens the thing and says. I'm just assuming
1: he's a dumbass.
0: He opens his, he opens the door, looks at him and says, I'm glad I finally got caught. I was tired of doing this. Okay
1: interesting okay so this is definitely not a one-off like i
0: thought finally tired of doing this so he's arrested obviously after that kind of statement yeah it's not even an excited utterance it's a thank god you're here Yeah. yeah so he's um he's brought in on charges of murder police find the murder weapon in a field near his house because he told them exactly where to go to get the murder weapon. Okay. And let me describe this murder weapon for you. I have a photo, and I will post it. It is an 11-inch butcher knife. You know a butcher, like a big, thick, right? Yeah,
1: like what you would, like, just whack a giant piece of steak. Yeah, like one of the big all old, Yeah. yeah.
0: This knife has been used so many times and sharpened so many times, it is now a thin, curved blade. No uh. So Tommy was a very willing uh whatever you call them, prisoner. Participant. Participant. I don't know, yeah. He is even so cooperative, and there are legitimate videos of this you can watch online. He walks police through the fight, through the crime scene explaining his thought process and what happened every step of the way. There's video of it. And he's literally like, it'd be like me talking about like, oh, I, I was walking down the street and I saw this really cute house and I love the plant that, like, that's how he was talking about it. So he's, t- he's walking the police through the crime scene on this video. You can watch. He said, I client, I was walking through the neighborhood. It's about 10 PM. I was about, it was close to midnight is what he said. Sorry. I was giving an example that I decided to use his words. It's fun. Um, I noticed a window open. So I climbed through the window, I walked through the home, searching for who my victim would be. However, police didn't believe this statement was 100% accurate. Okay. Because police believe he specifically targeted Katie. Because it turns out, Tommy was acquaintances with the Harrises. Now, they...
1: Wait.
0: They weren't like barbecue friends, best friends. It's, okay. It's like the type of person that you see, like, around town on a consistent basis that they'd be like, oh, hey, Lisa, how's the kid? Still in football? Okay, talk to you later. Like, that kind of, like, they know you, but they don't know you know you type of deal, you know? So police believe that he knew enough about the family to have specifically sought out Katie as his victim for this night. He knew where her room was located. He knew the kind of the layout, which is why he knew she had a bedroom to herself and not to check the top bunk. So, they also believed before they met with him that this was a sexually motivated crime, which was true. So, Kami told them that he sexually assaulted this little girl prior to killing. Now, that was okay. not at the beginning of this story. And quite frankly, when I heard this story, it was kind of laid out like how I started it in, in Crystal's renditions of what happened. Yes. But Crystal started with she heard a scream and woke up. So whatever happened prior to that scream, Crystal had no knowledge of to talk about, right? And give a detailed accounting for, it. right? Thank God, because she has enough mental images of that night. She didn't need that as well. No, fuck. So no, I'm sorry, I'm
1: sorry. You're fine. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, no trust kidding. me. So Tommy admitted, without any prompting, to the cops that he raped her, and then she screamed, and he killed her. Um. So this is literally, I think, in the history of our one year of podcasting, the most open and shut case we've ever done, right? I mean, no, because I feel like it hasn't been long enough. There's no, it's been a while. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: There's no big, like, hunt. There's no big tip that came in. Like, there's no nothing. They found out. The little girl gave an accurate description, accurately pointed to him. And he was like, yeah, I did it. Here, let me show you what happened, walk you through the house. here's my
1: question. He's like, I'm tired of doing this. How many people has he done it to?
0: There's the question. So, um, Tommy Lynn Sellers is charged with the murder of Katie Harris and sent to prison to await trial. So, he is in the car on the way to prison. And Tommy looks at one of the Texas Rangers in the car and says, well, guess you want to know about all the other murders now, right? Police have no idea what these, quote unquote, other murders he's referring to. And honest to goodness, they have no idea what they're about to be in for.
1: Why could he not have been in the backseat of the car with my Dexter guy? Right. Because, right? right, that guy, that guy was a dick. Yeah. And the cops walked away. Yeah, yeah, right. And he right? slit his throat in the cop car. Exactly. Or no, he didn't slit his throat, but he beat the he beat him to death. Let's be real. He, he killed him. Peter he was right. dead. Good written. We like that. We right. we don't we don't hate that.
0: So um So the Texas Rangers are literally like, what what yeah, we wanna know about the other murders. So they bring him into an interrogation room. And over multiple long hour sessions, over multiple months. Tommy recounts multiple murders spanning multiple states for over a 14 year period of time. They are officially staring at a serial killer brought down by a 10 year old little, 10 year old little girl who just wouldn't die. Damn. So, who is Tommy Lynn Sellers? So, I always want to say Sellers. It sells. Tommy Lynn sells because he's not like a. a a Dahmer or a Bundy that is talked about a lot. Right. Honestly, he's not. No. So I'm going to give you a little back date on him. He was born in California on June 8th, 1964, as one of five children to a single mom. It's assumed his biological father, Joe Lovins, not 100% sure, but this guy, either way, was never in his life but died when he was 11. He actually had a twin sister when he was born named Tammy Jean, And when the two twins were around 18 months old, they both contracted meningitis. And unfortunately, Tammy Jean passed away and Tommy Lynn lived. And, you know, I say unfortunately because that's where it's at. So, shortly after Tommy um, recovers from meningitis, his mother sends him to live with his aunt Bonnie Walpole in Missouri. And honestly, there's not like a great detail of this portion of his life. But I really think from 18 months, two years to five, he had a really good life with his aunt. And around age five, his aunt Bonnie finally starts to make some moves to formally adopt Tommy. However, Tommy's mother finds out about this plan and says, nope, give him back. So let's say based off that information alone, not mother of the year material we're talking about because it's not that she wanted him she just didn't want her sister to have him so that's what we're dealing with here um around after he after he comes back and it's it I've heard shortly after this but officially around 7 years old a man by the name of Willis Clark had been coming around the house the cell's house and with Tommy's mother's consent starts to groom and then molest Tommy. And that would continue, the the sexual assault on Tommy would continue for the next 10 years. Like I said, mother of the freaking year. So he has one living parent who not only knows about this abuse, and this parent knows about this abuse, and it's not a turning a blind eye because they're getting abused too, but basically gave her blessing for a pedophile to start abusing her son at age 7. And as Tommy's and Tommy's telling the cops about this and and if he, we could
1: videotape my face right now. Yeah, the
0: whole thing, yeah. Um like the, like the it's the most disgusted look. And there's other children she has that we don't know about, but I can't imagine they fared much better with her. Bro, like line them up. Just freaking line, line there. them up. Oh. Yeah. So Tommy says that the abuse he suffered greatly affected him obviously and caused him to turn to alcohol before he was 10 years old. Then around 10 years old he Tommy starts using narcotics. If that tells you the mental anguish this child is in 10 years old and he's not I'm not talking weed, I'm talking narcotics. At just 15 years of age Tommy Actually, Lynn like so sells
1: weird to me like
0: how a kid that young can get involved with that? If your mom's basically pimping you out for free, no, what no, but no,
1: that's not what I mean. That's you're not, talking about narcotics. Not what, no, oh. I'm not talking about that at all.
0: I thought you like, meant like yeah, how like, we narcotic? have
1: beers at the house. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But my son has never been like uh, curious enough.
0: But so, but like, even the, if he was, a you were there. St- yeah. For a kid to seek it out. So,
1: like, that's what I'm asking. It's like, is it, was it an accident his first time? Like, was I it... don't
0: think so. You don't, you don't accidentally try a narcotic.
1: So then you've... Well, no. no Definitely not. It, it had to have been something he witnessed.
0: So at 10, he's, he's, he's an alcoholic at 10. No, he's an alcoholic Alcoholics. starting around 8. At 10, he is a drug abuser. And at 15, Tommy Lynn Sells commits his first murder. At the age of what? 15. What? We'll get to that here in a little bit. Okay. After an attempted assault, there there are several things that happen that Tommy does, but after an attempted assault on his mother, (laughs) couldn't imagine why he'd want to assault his mother, Right. right. he's kicked out and cast away from his family at 14 years old. So he's homeless, and the young Sells decides to start hitchhiking and train hopping across the United States, which will continue to be his way of living. From 1978 to around 1999, he commits various crimes along the way, living a life of a heavy drinker and a drug abuser, which caused him to be in prison several times throughout his life. In 1990, he actually stole a truck in Wyoming and was sentenced to six months in jail. Like, right here, right before. That's like the only bed he's ever slept in. Right? Glorious. So, in all his in and out in prisons and his confinements, he's obviously... Head shrinked at some point for mental stability. And he's diagnosed with a personality personality disorder consisting of antisocial, borderline, and schizoid features. Substance abuse disorder, which is outlined as severe opioid use, amphetamines, and alcohol dependency. Bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and psychosis. Which really... After everything I just told you about the way this little boy was raised, That's I can I'm surprised. Yeah, shocking. And while he is a literal monster, I still feel bad for this kid who lived through this and had to live through this. And if he had stayed with his aunt and been able to be an adopted, I wonder what his life would be like now. But anyway, um, back to the present. Well, present in the story. The investigators believe that Sells had murdered... A minimum of 22 people, as he tells his nine months worth of his confessions. No, Texas Ranger, John Allen, who was the one there watching Crystal flip through the pictures, um, was there when Tommy gave his statement on all his murders. And this is this is Texas Ranger, John Allen's statement. We did confirm 22 murders. I know there's more. I know there's a lot more. Obviously, we will never. So the media got a hold of this and dubbed him the coast-to-coast killer. As he was a drifter and a hitchhiker, as well as a truck driver at certain points in his life, this man literally went from one side of the United States to the other side of the United States killing. He killed men. He killed women. He killed children, as we heard about earlier. There was no race, there was no weight, there was no hair color, there was nothing that nothing set his that victims. No, was like,
1: you know, the typical M.O.
0: It was like a keys kill kit, except he just drove around and went a-murdering. The only thing that was consistent was how brutally he took his victims' lives. So Tommy told the police of his first murder when he was 15. And for all intents and purposes, um, it was not supposed to be a murder. He did not go intending to murder someone at 15. He's homeless for a year at this point, and he's 15. He can't get a job, right? Right. right. Like, I mean, logistically. Logistically or? Literally. Thank you. Whatever. I don't know. A little awkward. It is what it is. So, he breaks, he, he breaks into houses and he steals. He steals from stores. He steals from wherever he can steal. So, that's what happened this first time. He broke into a house to burglarize it, do a little B&E. And once he was in the, inside this house, he saw an older man sexually abusing a young kid. And in a fit of rage, murdered that man. And then
1: flopped.
0: Because it brought him right back. He was that kid on the floor being forced to do that with that older man. When he, All he wanted to do was go steal some stuff to sell at a pawn shop, and he sees his past. And it is ripped right back into the frontal lobe
1: okay, but he could have been a dexter
0: he could have but so he kills he kills that man kills him and the kid lived the kid gets away he didn't he didn't target the kid at this point at all and so while likely story yeah but that kid did get away it was never able like he didn't know the kid's name he'd been so many places he couldn't give the address but it is it's about a 50 50 some people believe he's making that story up some people believe that that's probably actually how he did commit his first murder, so around twenty one um Tommy had broadened his victims that first time it was a it was a rage kill of someone hurting a child that it, same situation that happened to him by twenty one that's not tommy anymore men, women, children all on the table he's got. Confirmed kills in New York, Illinois, Massachusetts, Texas, Missouri, and Kentucky. Those are the ones that are confirmed 100%. His DNA evidence is on it. We know without a doubt it's him. He sexually abused most of his victims, if not all. But when he got down to that final act of killing them, he was just violent. His MO was either to slice their neck open and let them bleed out, After he as he slowly walked away, or to bludgeon them to death with a heavy object. So, Crystal, we're gonna jump back into her story. She has to return to Del Rio. Her family obviously decided that's not the town for them. They're gonna move to Texas. Not there. A year after the events from the story I told you at the beginning, to face Tommy Lynn Sales in court at eleven years old. While in Del Rio awaiting trial, Crystal did not stay at a hotel. She did not stay at a hostel. She didn't get set up anywhere like that. She and her mother stayed with Texas Ranger John Allen and his family in his family home. Wow. Um, And the weeks leading up to the nightmare, I'm sure it was a consistent, but it got bad. The leaks leading up to and John Allen can testify the day she stayed at his house. Just horrific nightmares and terrors. Because she's having to be prepped for this trial, repeating that thing. And and she's fixing to have to look him in the eyes. Because now, if a kid has to testify in court with someone, it's by proxy or by video. They don't have to look at their abuser. Then she had to look at him within spitting range. So... Crystal does, she goes to court, 11 11 years old. To this day, you can see the scar on her neck if you're looking for it, 11 years old. And um, you can legitimately watch this on trial. She is going through her testimony and Crystal looks up about halfway through because Tommy is shaking his knee, banging his leg on the chair. He's nervous, he's fidgety, but this is unhinged Crystal. Now she's nervous, obviously. I'd I be vomiting. Inten-
1: it, I think it was intentional.
0: I he think he was trying to get her to shut up. I think just I, I'm right here in my mid-30s, let's say mid to early to make me feel good. I'd be vomiting all over myself and have depends on if I'm that close to someone that hurt me yeah. a year ago. She's eleven. She so at this point, Crystal's so upset and so nervous, the court gives a break. Let her regain her composure. So she goes to the back and um her mom and her lawyer. Meet with little Crystal to give her pep talk, if you will. And they're, they're, and you know, I got to say most of the times on like SVU, if they're trying to question, are the kids getting upset? The mom's always, I'm not, they're, I'm not doing this to my kid. No, no. Like props to Crystal's mom because her and the lawyer give her the pep talk saying you're almost done. You just have a little bit left. You can do this. I know you can do this. You're going to put this guy away. You're so brave. You're so strong. You can do this. Yeah. So, court goes back in a session. Little Crystal walks back out, literally wipes the tears from her freaking face, and finishes her testimony. But, as stated earlier, You're this right. litter, oh, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to get me, I'm going to get the thick throat, just deal with it. It's going to get quavery. Okay. So, at this point, little, little warrior princess, 11-year-old Crystal. Finishes her testimony, but that's not that's not good enough for our our crystal, the female Thad, if you will. That's yes. crystal is just now the female Thad. It's Thad and crystal.
1: Nope, she, she's a category all over. Oh yeah, she friends. is.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like Thad was a category. Now she is a freaking she category. She's a category. So
1: crystal up, guys.
0: Yeah. So this 11 year old little girl is looking just could probably lean over if they both leaned and stretched arms, touch the man who has literally haunted her nightmares. And this little girl lays across the frickin' table and reenacts what happened that night from her perspective. How she peered over the bed. She is in court, reliving and acting out what happened to her that night, staring at the man that did it. I am going (laughs) tactical
1: online right now. You need to wrap this up. I know. I've got some YouTubing to do. Okay.
0: So when she's finished with her testimony and full-on reenactment, the defense attorney, which is Tommy Lynn Sell's attorney, yeah, is openly weeping in court, openly weeping. So wow. moved by her. Wow, that's not normal. So when the when it comes time to cross examine Crystal, this defense attorney just answers with no questions, Your Honor. Wow. Bam. Mic drop. Hang him up. Like yeah, like hang him and hang him high. Guys. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Let's all grab a rope right. and twist. Nope. Parent <laughs> So Tommy obviously is convicted of murder and sexual assault of Katie Harris and sentenced to death. The jury, all 12 people, and it's Texas, but still, even on the most yeah. closed cut, it takes a while. Yeah. One hour to say guilty death. Wow. That's enough time for them to walk and be like, could you imagine sitting through that? A little
1: girl, a little <laughs> effing girl. She's like literally reenacting
0: everything, like she how did. she peered over the bunk bed on this table, oh. looking at the jury. I'm surprised it took an hour. Did they not just walk in in there and be like, "Let's, who wants to pull the trigger?" All right. No, I'm that's tell- what I'm took the tell hour. You, who I'm wants to push you, the button? I'm
1: gonna, you, I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened. They went in. They were all like guilty.
0: Death. I want to say no. I want to say it. no. I want to say it. No, say it no. Let's get some Chick fil A. Hang out here. Make it look like an hour deliberated. An right? hour's not even enough time for them to have food delivered. They literally walked in there, and were like, "Who does anyone think?" Nope, nope, well, nope. Sure, that, that, that. there's
1: got to be a process.
0: Where it, you yeah. you go, over you gotta sign off of it, but and you
1: gotta like you know all the evidence. Yeah. What I've never been in that situation. I don't know. I can only assume you have to
0: like but, yeah.
1: reevaluate. You got all twelve of the individuals in the
0: United States in an hour to make a unanimous decision to put a man to death. I want to know if there's any time record that's ever been smaller. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. This is when we're, we're getting a little, you know, we're not as woke as we are today, but people have feelings. <laughs> that's all I'll say about I'm that. I'm to be
1: realistic. I think that even if it happened today in 2023, you can be as woke as you want, but
0: you're going to be like, uh. How do you watch that <laughs> little girl lay on a table and peer at you like she peered at him and, whew, so Tommy Lynn Sal so, sat on death row for 14 years. And during this time. Uh, no, it is it is a good thing. During this time, he continued to confess to more and more murders yep. than he previously did. He did not die doctor- I
1: totally, like, there's a part of me that's like, yes, these people need closure. Like, the families, they need the closure. There is. But then there's a part of me that's like. Let's just put his name years on it all. Of, of feeding this guy and letting him have, like, wreck time. And...
0: I, I bet. I bet because it was a kid and it was known that he sexually assaulted a murderer, I bet he made sure to be solitaire most of the time because if he stepped out.
1: Well, death row is a totally different.
0: It is. It's a totally. I don't, they don't share cells,
1: to That's my true. knowledge.
0: That's true. We I don't know a lot about it. He didn't have to deal with the. The hey, green buddy. mile is my death row, like, knowledge based on the inside scoop. So he did documentaries. He did multiple interviews. The ID, oh, channel, the ID channel has a show called Most Evil. And most appropriately, he was on it. And gave the number 78 people that he knew for a fact he'd killed. And while, yes, I hate that he stayed alive for that long. It did serve a purpose. Because in 2004, cells confessed that on October thirteenth, 1997, so after he's in jail, on death row confessed 97 he confessed to a previous mur- he, he oh, literally kept okay. confessing okay i'm sorry so he confessed that on october 13th 1997 he broke into a home took a knife from the butcher block in the kitchen and stabbed a little boy to death scuffled with a woman and skedaddled those details were corroborated on the account of julie ray Harper. Who had been convicted of murdering her son and was sitting in prison. No. And finally acquitted based off his testimony in 2006. She would have died with the world believing she killed her son and no one listening to her. Except this guy just keeps telling all his random murders. Telling all his random stories. And one sounded familiar and let's look it up and we've got someone in jail for that. What do you know? He was finally executed April 3rd, 2014, which I did think was funny because that was two days ago, April 3rd, April 3rd, 2014. When asked if he wanted to give a final statement, he declined. Crystal was at the execution along with her mother and the entire Harris family. They all sat together and watched him die. Crystal could finally breathe as the monster who had haunted her for the past 15 years heart. She literally got to watch on the machine. Stop.
1: So, um, nobody else in the house was injured?
0: No, he went in there for Katie. And actually, funny story, that thing that Crystal's Courage, the CBS, like, it literally gives everyone's accounts. Like, it jumps around a lot, but it's it's a really cool read. Her little sister, Marquis, was furious because she was in katie's room with them and set up a little pallet on the floor and was gonna sleep there and they wouldn't let her and kicked her out oh saving her life life. she said she remembered being furious and when she woke up there was a lady there dressed in purple saying get dressed come with me and she walked down the hall and she recounts her story from a 17 year old's mind's eye of seeing blood coating the floor, coating the walls, not knowing what was happening. A seventeen year old? Seven year old. Thank sorry, you. seven year old. I know. So the the story is a really good read. I will link it. I feel like like all right. I still this got point, two pages. We're not done. Oh go. I just want to let you know. Oh, no, okay. so I'll save it. So Crystal had long term PTSD, obviously. Um for two years following the events um, she, her mother, and her two younger sisters all slept in the same bed because she was too afraid to be alone. I'm sure she didn't want her sisters to be alone. And I got to be honest with you, as a mother, we're sleeping together for life, girl. Right? Yeah. Buckle in.
1: Like I, I hope you pick a nice dorm with a queen size bed because I'm coming.
0: We're all gonna be together forever. <laughs> um, she had counseling for years, and and just got by day by day. On November 15th, 2015, so year after Tommy Lynn Sells is put to death, there's an episode on Crime Watch Daily. There's a woman by the name of Melissa Tate watching this episode, whose mother, Joanne Tate, was murdered in 1982. She wa- Melissa watches the episode and immediately contacts the police because she was seven years old when her mother was murdered. She witnessed it, and that seven-year-old's little testimony put a man away for life, obviously, named Rodney Lincoln. But by, while watching this episode, she realized Rodney Lincoln is the wrong man. So she immediately calls the police, takes back everything, tells them, and it's 2015, they've got DNA, they test the evidence from her mother's murder, and what do you know? It was Tommy Lynn cells. Yeah. So after 33 years, Rodney Lincoln was granted his freedom and able to walk out a free man. So even after his death, Tommy Lynn cells murders are still coming out. Crystal is now in her 20s and states, these are her statements. She doesn't waste any of her energy thinking about Tommy Lynn cells anymore. She doesn't, she said she won't give him the power of letting fear control her. And instead, she tries to look at the situation as she is the luckiest girl alive. Never takes anything for granted and lives her life to the fullest because she was that close to death. She doesn't let him haunt her anymore, but instead looks at him as a reminder of the second chance she got to live the most positive life. Her and her sister's best friends. Um, and actually, sadly enough, I, I, I meant to save the link and it, it got deleted. It was like a few years ago because obviously this case is bananas, yeah. like, like banana sandwiches, bananas. Yeah. That all that happened at the beginning. She adequately gives this and it's a freaking serial killer. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That's, I was just going to say that, like, holy. So the the whole case is bananas. Some guy got obsessed with her, started stalking her, threatening to kill her and her sister. He's arrested. Thank you. Um, and I, I, guys, I know. I know. I am long-winded. I know. But actually, this is, we're only at an hour mark, so I'm doing fracking good. We're doing it. Yeah, we're I good. I do want to run through a list really quick of the known victims okay, of go. Tommy because that's what we do they here. They mention. Yep, so July 5th, 1979, in Port Gibson, Mississippi, John Cade, age 39, was killed with a thirty two caliber pistol during a home invasion. Near the crime scene, a man who was resembled to look like sales was observed. April 27th, 1982, St. Louis, Missouri. In November 2015, Melissa, it's all one thing, I know, it's all one thing, I know. In November 2015, Melissa DeBoer's Nate Tate told you about her. Um, was watching it and remembers that back in 1982. So that, that's, that's that timeline. 1982, timeline, not lane. It's not a lane. <laughs> um, in July July 31st, 1983, St. Louis, Missouri, Tiffany Gill, age four, and Colleen Gill, age 32, were discovered in their house on Washington Terrace in the West End neighborhood. They'd both been battered to death with a blunt weapon. July 26, 1985, Springfield, Missouri. A 21-year-old Sells worked at the Forsyth, Missouri Carnival where he met 28-year-old Ina Cordett and her four-year-old son Rory Cordett. Cordett invited Sells to her home that evening and according to Sells, he had sex with her, fell asleep, awoke to find her stealing from his back pocket. He proceeded to beat her to death with her son's baseball bat, and then murdered the son because he was a child and could possibly ID him. The bludgeoned bodies were found three days later, <laughs> wow. but by then, Tommy had been gone with the carnival and left town. May 1st, 1987, Lockport, New York. Suzanne Quartz, age 27, disappeared after leaving a nightclub alone. Her body was found on September 5th, 1995, at the foot of an embankment near Niagara Falls, two miles away. Her cause of death was unknown due to decomposition. In 2004, Sells confessed that he'd murdered the woman in the area at that time, and his presence in the city was confirmed, and he was able to identify her through photographs and the exact tell them exactly where she'd been found, and since he'd already been sentenced to death, he was not prosecuted. October 15, 1987, in Lovelock, Nevada, Stephanie K. Stroh, 21, was last seen at the four-way cafe and truck stop in Wells, Nevada. Sells confessed to her murder. He said he picked her up while she was hitchhiking after offering her a ride to Reno, Nevada. They took LSD together and he strangled her, covered her body in concrete, and dumped her in a hot spring. Her body to this day has not been able to be recovered. November 17, 1987, in Ena, Illinois. Sells confessed to the murders to mur- the murders of four members of the Dar- Dardine family. He was hitchhiking and Sells was picked up by Keith Darden 29, who brought him home for dinner, trying to do a good deed. When they arrived at the residence, Sells pulled out a handgun, shot Keith in the head twice. Then he emasculated him before shooting him more in the head. Keith's three-year-old son, Peter Darden, was bludgeoned to death and Sells also attacked Elaine Darden. Keith's 30-year-old pregnant wife went into labor after being beaten to death and gave birth to her daughter. What? Whose name was supposed <coughs> whose name was supposed to have been Cassie Darden. He fatally plunged the baby. Oh, my God. Before mutilating Elaine's breast and sexually assaulting her corpse with a baseball bat that had been used to murder her children with and left it protruding out of her vagina. December what the 8th, fuck, dude? December 8th, 1988, Tucson, Arizona, Kent Allen Lawton, 51, was stabbed and buried in a shallow grave near a homeless camp. Sells claimed he killed Lawton because he refused to pay him for drugs. His body was found two days later, December 9th, nineteen ninety one, Marion, Florida. Tessa Hall, aged twenty five, and her five year old and her five year old Tiffany Hall were both bludgeoned to death with a wooden table leg in their own home. The killer had kicked in the front door, smashed the wooden table to pieces, and used one of the legs as a murder weapon. Serial killer Angel Martino Resendez. Was suspected of the crime originally, but cells confessed to it as it confessed later as the double murder. October thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, Lawrenceville, Illinois, ten year old Joel Kirkpatrick was stabbed to death in his bedroom while sleeping at night. His mother, Julie Ray Harper, ran to her son's bedroom to encounter an intruder wearing a ski mask, then fought off the intruder before fleeing. The murder weapon, a steak knife from Lee's own kitchen, had been left on the floor outside Joel's bedroom. She was convicted of Joel's murder and eventually exonerated in 2006 when Sells confessed to the crime. He claimed he targeted Joel because his mother insulted him at a nearby grocery store. October 15, 1997, Springfield, Missouri. 13-year-old Stephanie Mahaney was found in 1997 in a farm pond west of Springfield. According to Sells, he pulled her from her bed in the middle of the night from her own home, drove her to the field, injected her body with cocaine, raped her, strangled her little body to death. December 14, 1997, Las Vegas, Nevada. Nineteen-year-old Yvette Sophia Mueller was last seen in an RV park near Las Vegas. Sells claimed to have raped her, killed the blonde-haired woman in Las Vegas, chopped her body up with an axe, and buried her next to the Snake River. The body was never found because it had been swept away by a landslide, but officials suspect he was referring to Mueller, who had disappeared. He just didn't know her name when he recounted the story.
1: Yeah.
0: April fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight, San Antonio, Texas, Thomas Bros, forty, was a carnival worker who was shot to death in his motorhome. He would had been seen with a man matching Sells' description, and Sells initially confessed to the crime. He did later try to recant it, but honestly at this point. April fourth. doesn't even. April fourth, nineteen ninety four, Gibson, Tennessee. Deborah Harris, thirty one, and her eight year old daughter, Ambria mm. H- Harris Burton, were both killed after cells broke into their house at night, raped Harris in her bed. She was stabbed repeatedly with her own kitchen knife, which was left in her chest. Halib- that was the eight year old. Her mother, or no, sorry, the mother was the one stabbed multiple times, raped. The daughter, the eight year old, was stabbed three times after she witnessed Sellers rape and murder her mother. Oh my god. April 18, ninety nine, San Antonio, Texas, nine year old Mary Batrice Perez was kidnapped from a market festival, driven to a stockyard, raped and strangled to death with her own T shirt. Her body was fell in a creek ten days later. Sellers sells Sellers Sells like told his whole not recanted, but Gave everything, and it was him. May 23rd, 1999, Lexington, Kentucky, Haley McCone, 13, was kidnapped from a swings by cells, dragged into a wooden area, and raped. She was then strangled to death with her T-shirt, covered with debris, and her body was found 10 days later. Cells was arrested in the area at that time on an unrelated charge and was not connected. Oh my God. July 5th, 1999, Kingfisher, Oklahoma. 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 (laughs) Bobby Lynn Warford, 14, was picked up from Love's convention store by Sales, who drove her to a secluded area, orally raped her, stabbed her repeatedly with a hatchet, and then shot her three times in the head with a large caliber revolver when she tried to escape. He dumped her body off on the side of the road but kept two of her earrings. December 31st, 1999, Del Rio, Texas. Caitlin, Katie Harris, 13. We obviously know her story. Those are the ones we know about.
1: So here's where I was going earlier. Yeah. We know he's done some shit. A lightly cool. phrased, but yeah, right. sure. He keeps confessing
0: continually, right? Yeah.
1: And so that's like, The positive
0: side
1: of the... It's it's not
0: that he keeps confessing. People were exonerated.
1: Yes. Uh, Well,
0: uh, that's not what... That's... Okay. Bear with me. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, that's the only good thing that... The only good reason he was kept alive is there were people in jail that got out. Besides that, a waste of oxygen. So,
1: we are 110% that this guy is dead.
0: Dead ass
1: guilty. Okay? Oh, Yes. So he's sitting on death row. Yes. So why not just every day we go in and just remove like a part of his body yeah. and let him bleed for a while and be in pain? You know, I think start I taking th- pounds of flesh. Yes. Right. Like just peel some skin back and just what? Just tell me how that. Let's talk about it. You know, let's there's talk a, about your feelings.
0: How does a, it feel? There's a lot right? of times that you know people are on the, i'm on the fence with the death conviction because people are wrongfully convicted obviously um in stories so like much, this when know. he's like oh thank god you caught me i'm my arms are getting tired from all this murder i've been doing i feel like the um the good old american way of humane treatment should go right out the dang window you want to act like an animal
1: like here's the
0: deal. You're not. That's even worse. Animals don't just pick at each other for no reason. Yeah.
1: No, I know. Animals also kill each other for no reason. But that's, it is what it is. But it's
0: usually over territory or food. Yeah, or, they, there's
1: always, a, there's an underlying scope.
0: There. And my thing is, like, I get what he lived through as a child was horrific. How could he then turn around and do that to other children? He had no justification. The people that did
1: it to him probably never even got busted. He never, at a moment, had that relief of, this is not going to happen to anybody. It's not going to happen to me again. It's not going to happen to
0: anybody else again. His first murder was because he was angry. And quite frankly, if he had continued his life in the Dexter way of just killing people that hurt kids because it triggered him, by all means, I'll help you research a list, sir. But But the moment he started. You can't.
1: Sympathy is such a stupid thing. Okay, I can have sympathy for him.
0: I can have sympathy for the child he was.
1: I can have sympathy for him with everything that he went through, the the place, that dark place that took him in his mind. Yeah. Will I ever stand here and justify <laughs> how he? Did no, it, no, no. The way he went forward, absolutely not.
0: No. So that is my story on our one-year birthday of Twisted Tales. I'm not done yet. I loved that. Just little crystal. I don't
1: understand, dude. Like,
0: uh, you have way exceeded your limit. I'm gonna have to end it all out. But
1: it's like it's just. Well, no, it's all of them. Sometimes I have a better uh, filter. Nine times out of ten, not so much.
0: This would like I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first heard this story. I've heard it several different ways, but I the first time I heard it, they recounted Crystal's description of that night, which is the way I, just, I chose to do it. And when you she's talking already... about how she's peering and he puts Katie on his knees, I'm like, she's about to watch her friend get raped. I did not see the throat slit coming. Like, it was an audible what the what yeah. from me. And then in the I, on the side of my mind, I'm also like, well, thank God he didn't rape her. And then, and then, then you out. find out he did. Like literal scumbag
1: i like you know how i feel about kids yes i do okay there is not a punishment in the world that is sufficient
0: there's not for
1: any adult
0: and anyone that can be thought of it should be 10 times worse
1: i'm, I'm going to be completely honest if you need ideas government on how to treat people that abuse children
0: we got come you. on we got bring you. it on bro
1: i've got some ideas
0: I got lists. Let's be creative. Let's compound People our interests. People by nature
1: can be very gruesome. Look at our history, bro. Look at it. Oh, Yeah. All right. I just can't. Like no. I, I do. I feel sympathy for a kid that goes through it, who has no justice in their life. No, at and all. even
0: knowing what he did, when I heard and read about his life growing up, like, my heart broke for that little boy. Yeah. Who had a chance at a decent life, and his selfish, worthless mother took it, because no (laughs) one else could have it.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing, too. And this is probably a very, very common, disagreeable argument from Lisa, but I'm gonna say it. Buckle up, This kid had a horrible life. Oh. He knew no justice. He knew nothing but violence. Uh Uh-huh. He knew nothing but garbage. Okay? Here's my thing. You commit those same crimes against another human. Do you have a place in this world? Can know. you be rehabilitated? Here the I answer wanna, no. nine
0: times out of ten. No. They can't. No. There's the one-off. This is this is a legitimate direct quote from Tommy Lindsel. I am hatred. When you look at me, you look at hate. I don't know what love is. Two words I don't know or like to use are love and sorry. Because I am about the hate. And that's legitimately. here's the
1: deal, Faith, in all honesty. We can hate these criminals. Yeah. We can hate them dust till dawn. We can, we can talk about how many ways to skin a cat, okay, and put this guy to death. Back yeah. to the matter is, you were a shit parent. You're a shit human. Yeah. And the fact that you would sacrifice your own kid for your own ambition. Not even that. To me, you should have been the one skinned alive. The mom you.
0: didn't get anything you. out of it. Oh, the mom. And, you know, one of the podcasts I listen to, I 100% agree. Vote for Russ. Wife of crime. Go. Is if the mom, like, if the parents are complicit or, like, are the cause of this, they should suffer the same. The same um, judgment ramifications. Yes, he got death. His mom should have gotten it for what she put that child through. Yeah, because she it wasn't even like a monetary but, yeah, here, exchange. Here's the deal, though. Here's this what, guy literally here's said what to her, I, me off. I, "I want him," and she said, "Okay, you can you're have gonna him. be like,
1: yeah, take him, right?" But here's the deal. Oh, I just you know abused a child. How many how many years am I gonna get? Um. Eight months, maybe if I'm lucky, because it's my first offense. Depends on how okay. much money you
0: got in the culture of your skin. I was Most the time. Your just man, to be like, real honest legitimate. to God. Let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade in America. Yeah. Okay. So now, again, a crime against a
1: child. Oh, well, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've witnessed children in a daycare being completely neglected.
0: Infuriating.
1: Okay. Well, we have a hundred different reasons why. Mm-hmm. things are never going to work out the way that we want them to. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough government support. We don't have enough people to do the job. We don't excuse, have enough excuse, this. We don't excuse, have this. We excuse, don't have this. Excuse. Problem. One out of every 10 of those crazies mm-hmm. is going to turn into that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some people can cope. Because hurting Some people, people can't hurt people. people. Yes. And you, misery loves company.
0: <gasps> Would you sit back down? My No, neck is hurting. I can't.
1: I can't sit back down. I'm angry. Because this pisses me
0: off. It does.
1: And you knew it was going to strike me right in the... Okay?
0: But it's also amazing that that 10-year-old little girl lived through that, walked a quarter of a mile with her throat freaking cut open. Over here,
1: and I'm like, she never should have had it.
0: She shouldn't have, but she did, and she is a freaking rock star. Oh, dude. Just highest props. What? I mean... She's got her own category, too. I can
1: only hope in my mothering experience that I raise a kid that's so bold and
0: so patient and, and caring. Her neck is cut open yes. and her first thought is to, I'm going to comfort my friend until yes. she stops making noises yeah. and then I'll I'll figure out what to do. That guy could have walked back in at like any minute. Could,
1: bro. If I could get half of that
0: I'd be content. Yeah, if you fall That's... down the flight of stairs, I'm laughing at you. I'm not asking if yeah, you're okay. Yeah, nine times
1: out of yeah, mostly. But like I don't know why I am referencing everything to numbers. I'm sorry. I don't know. Whatever.
0: It's not numbers. It's nine out of ten. Yeah. one out of ten. But nine out of ten. It, well, it's numbers. It's okay. I always it's use the a example of fifty-two. Numbers. It's fine. This story, like I don't know, it pisses me off, but it also is. It's it is a miracle. It is, and she is amazing. Yeah, and at ten. Yeah. yeah. Walking alone with a throat cut open in the desert in the pitch black. I wouldn't do that today. But you know Even what, with my no, throat not cut open, again, I wouldn't walk in the desert again, at night. Nobody by myself.
1: knows in that situation what you're willing to do. I am a fraidy fight, cat, a no, fraidy cat, fighter, and I think fight I'd, fight I'd, I'd cower.
0: I would, I would have laid there and pretend to be dead and tried to breathe real shallow like I'm that big of a dummy.
1: No, she's intense, man. Like, so if, that is a golden heart. Golden human, like freaking gold star for that kid.
0: And her first words waking up in the ICU. Get Our... me a police officer. Yeah. Not mom. Get them I love some you. help. Yeah. Get them some help. So I want to again refer to you the example that was given of the definition of courage. Yep. She called on all her courage to face the ordeal. How fitting. That's perfect. I I'm telling you. I've I've this story, I've been in a People at work were like, Why are you being nice to I'm like, I'm in a good mood. I'm thinking about little Crystal. My life is great, honestly, right? It really is. It's incredible. My kid is now going to be handcuffed to me for the rest of her natural born life. But that's another trauma for another day to talk about.
1: No kidding.
0: That's what when Kayla was like, Can we go out in the front
1: yard? No. No, you sirs. Can, no. You can stay at eight. And you're also never going to write a school bus. No. You're never
0: going <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of
1: examples. I got I asked me that
0: the other day. She goes, Mom, are you ever going to make me write a school school I literally went, no! And she was like, you didn't have to yell at me. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> so, fun facts, because you know, I don't like to leave people upset like you currently are. So just oh, random yeah, facts about this case. About this. Just because it's who I am. Um, Tommy sells is dead. Thank God. Um, but not that. He is the inspiration behind season one and I think it, I have the episodes. I had the episodes saved, but it's called The Fox on Criminal Minds. No way. They don't ever mention his name, but they base the character off of him, a family annihilator, whole nine, where he was the one that would like walk into a family's house and like kill Stay the dad there. and like take over the family. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that was the, the train hopper guy. Um, I think so. I couldn't remember. I took a screenshot of his freaking picture and it is gone. So I don't have that anymore. Um, oh, yes, I do. It's it's that guy, but it's the fox is dedicated okay, to him. Yep, yep. But more adequately, in my opinion, Criminal Minds also did another whole case, which was inspired by this man. And that was season five's episode finale, which bled into season six, episode one, our darkest hour. Yeah. And I'm I was reading the synopsis and I'm like, I kind of remember this. I kind of, I don't know what happened. And oh, I remember it because it's the guy from the Rocky Horror Picture film that had the gross teeth that rode around in the RV with the rolling blackouts. Yeah, that, that guy. Based off this, Criminal oh. Mind's got three episodes off this monster, and you could probably get more. But yeah, so I thought that was just a kind of fun factoid. Cause this case was horrible. But Crystal, you are. Can I tell you what you I are love? Amazing, Crystal. Can I
1: tell you what I love the most about it? W- about the story? About this I'm whole surprised. thing? Oh yes. What? Okay. I surprised you with cupcakes. You did. Yes. But I remember me personally, mm-hmm. Crystal's story. Do you remember it? I do. I meant to ask you that. Athena, what I guys. don't remember is him. That he and was a that... black serial killer. But, but to me, that that needs to be the most memorable moment. OK, this, like, as Tim, Lisa and Thad and like all these other cases, like dude, F them, man. My thought did not trigger to that serial killer guy. No, it's Chris. My thought was that was that 10 year old that like freaking made history. Yeah. That, my friend, is what needs to be and
0: remembered. Okay. That's what we shouldn't give serial killers so, cool names. No. We, need to, we need to push their victims. And I love the fact that you brought that Thank up. Thank you. It's because not, here's it's not deal. this dick bag. It's Crystal. Crystal's who you we remember. We have so
1: many Netflix specials about...
0: Dahmer, blah, blah, blah. Like and he's so cute. Okay,
1: we have Bundy and we have... And Bruce all their... And yeah, B- okay. Do you know what I remember about the, the Night Stalker? What? That he was confronted in a neighborhood and couldn't effing leave. Yeah. Okay? Because these people are like, stand here and wait for the cops, or we'll just butcher you ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay? That, my friend, right there. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to be remembered, is a community, a people, a person. Who brought Stand, them down? Yeah. Standing Why did up. they get
0: brought down? That's what needs to be, let's
1: like, flashed.
0: Okay? And let's be honest. So, we have a podcast because we love, we, we, lo- we don't love serial killers, but we, we like these, these details. And it is. We like weird. talking about it. But what I like the most about all of this crap is uh-huh. the fact that they get brought down. And, I lo- and Survivor and stories are my, my favorite, f and favorite. I not prefer them over serial that. killers and everything.
1: Absolutely. And then not just the hero stories, but that bringing awareness to the things that are going on out there. Yes. That's my passion. And education, yes. Okay? So, I, oh, man, I'm getting, like, kind of emotional, so we need to cut this off because I don't do emotions. Lisa
0: doesn't have emotions. Um, well done. I'm standing up again. You, you haven't sat down. My neck is hurting. I, I can't. No, I did. So I sat down for like a solid 8.5
1: seconds. I you,
0: when I was sick this past weekend, I literally told Frankie, I have to get better. I found the best story, and it's our one-year birthday. And he was like, Faith, just go back to sleep. And I'm like, but I have. Yep. I, <laughs> I, had, the ba- I had the black plague this past weekend. But Crystal, so, I mean, Crystal gets me like, reviewing everything and trying to find, like, any last detail I could yeah. about her this morning. Like, just thinking about her and the fact that she's like, you know what? I don't give that piece of scum one moment of my Yeah, except to think I'm the luckiest person alive and I have a second chance at life because yeah. of him. Or in spite of him. Like, yeah. that's what, when his name's brought up, that's what she thinks. So,
1: like, when I She's did, a rock star! She's, in, like, intense, man. She's, would... like, the perfect... Example of courage, strength, and humanity.
0: All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And love. The fact, I mean, what literally what blows my mind and what got me emotional every time was her rubbing her best friend's back as she died. died. As she's laying out, the fact that the first thing in her little tiny handwriting is the the Harris's are hurt. Yeah. And then the first thing waking up in the ICU after almost dying is get me the police. Yeah. Like, there it is. The Harrises are hurt. Look at that. Blood dripping all over. I mean, that's a crime scene. Yeah. The Harris's hurt. This guy. She is an inspiration. Absolutely. Like, and we've had a lot of people. We've had Lisa McVeigh, who was smart as heck and yep. just said "I." I she was going to take her own life. And then she said, nope, not you're no not taking it. it. Nope. And now protect my choice. Bro. Now is I literally I think of her every single morning dropping my child off at school when I pass the resource officer there' there that directs traffic, who actually yeah. goes to our church. Every time I see Officer Emily, I think of Lisa McVeigh and think, wow. Like yeah. from what you wow. Yeah. Our thad, like what he lived through and just refusing to give up, killing himself over and over to the point of blacking out in pain and refusing to like all of all of them are heroes in my book. 10. Yeah. Ten, you are a baby. Yeah. And you brought down a serial killer. No one even knew was killing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh. And you live your life every day, not locked in a cellar because I would, I yeah. would never trust people again. Well, it's the bus driver. Yeah. That you talked about. Like, how do right. you ever let your kid ride a bus ever? He, he was surrounded by those kids. Like we've had so many good people so many good stories to get me jazzed, but crystal like like it is yeah oh, uh, well look uh, okay, here's
1: the deal though i know that sometimes it's really really hard to tell a story from a victim's standpoint but i think that's what i love the most about our podcast is that when we can we do so because i think you should. talked about exactly you talked about crystal's story yeah, yeah. we talked about the scumbag yeah. absolutely cuz you know there's got to be there is. There's got to be some, you know, and you know, a lot of times
0: right on serial killers, let's just like Israel Kieserberg example. Yeah. they go through all his kills and his kill kits and all this stuff and da da, 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 da Yeah, here's da, how
1: warped he was. Here's how great, great. Yeah, those people have lives like, and they did it. things.
0: Yeah, and like, we do okay. it too sometimes. So but
1: when I did the the subway
0: yeah deal,
1: okay, I didn't tell the story.
0: You didn't give of Jared, his. You gave okay? hers.
1: I gave her account because his story didn't
0: matter. Her story moved me. Unfortunately, these serial killers and these drains abscessed on the butt cracks of society. Yeah. Their stories are a dime a dozen. You get them all the time. Different renditions. Different people playing the parts. You've got 1,800 Dahmers that have played Dahmer at this point. Yeah. But the crystals and the Thads and all these people, those are those are one in a million. Yes. yes, they are. And, and I think those are the people those should be the ones that are talked about over and over. And you know what? if you've heard Crystal's story a thousand times, I hope you listen to it anyway because you know what? I'd legitimately listen to her story every day and I'd get choked up every time. Yeah. I've listened to it like a hundred times at this point and and I've listened to these same podcasts. give her story multiple times. And I've gotten choked up over the same people that I've heard tell the same story. And I can almost say it word for word the way they said it. Yeah. But every time, because it is awe-inspiring to me. Like it, and it that's, that's what Frankie this morning was like, why are you so excited about this? And I was like, you just, she's 10. Yeah. What she did, I don't legitimately think I could do as a grown adult. I don't think I could be that brave. Like, I, I just don't think. Walking, like walking in the dark, bleeding to death, not knowing if he's watching you. Just waiting What's for you like to the get close.
1: One effing
0: thing that kids are afraid of: the dark, the dark, and the boogeyman under the bed. She was on the top bunk. She had both of them. Yeah. Same night, same time. Like no, she freaking met the boogeyman. What she, what like, what she lived through and what she did and the way she responded, even just the Harrises are hurt. Rubbing Katie's back. Like, all of that. That is what makes a child innocent. And it's what makes people amazing. Like, yes. those kind of things that happen, like, when people do that, Lisa McVeigh hiding fingerprints everywhere to prove her version of what happened that night was true. Like, the school she bus was driver who did
1: nothing but try to be supportive and the little boy michael out
0: yes the little boy michael on the other bus manned up protecting that little girl singing song like those people that just rise so far above what my expectations of humanity like even the good in humanity
1: like we can we can spend billions of dollars going to watch the avengers truth be told that's not a hero the, these, these guys, these men, these women—they,
0: yeah—they're heroes. It's bro. those stories that, like the little perfect example, the little boy who that dog was about to—is the dog Decimate. I think decimated his sister, and he took the full brunt. Yeah, and his face everything. was so, and he was an Avengers, and all the Avengers like showed up individually to give him signed and all this stuff. Like he got the Captain America shield, he got a Tony Stark glove, like he got all these things, Tony Stark, um, Iron Man mask. Thing, you got all these things and they all said, we're not the heroes, buddy. You are. Yeah. It's those people who like, there's a high expectation of what you should do. And they go so far above it that you're like, "Yeah, Like how? the military. How did you do that? How yeah. did you even think like, to do that? Why in
1: the world would you go sacrifice yourself for my, fr- you don't even know me.
0: I'm protest, protesting that protest. you're out there. Yeah, I'm yeah. protesting Protesting you're out there. You're still fighting away from your family, risking death. For my right to spit on your flag and to disrespect you to your face. Blows my mind. Blows my... So Anyways, anyways
1: guys, I'm sorry. We got to wrap that up. It, yeah. We could go on all night about I'm literally this. Literally all night. Tr- like, truth be told, these are the kind of stories that are inspirational, okay? And it's it's about the human conscience. It's about parenting, and it's about love. Main, plain, and simple. It's about love. Yeah. Okay? And if you love your kid no matter what, Chances are they're gonna do okay. If you're a dirtbag, chances are not gonna be great.
0: Unless they just rise above.
1: And some people very well have that kind
0: of motivation. Some people do. So look, we're gonna keep going. Judgmental, anyways. It was judgmental. I love you guys. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging in there a year, and we will talk to you again next week. Yeah. I should probably start
1: looking for something. Bye-bye. Bye.